Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. In 20 minutes, we will discuss if there's NFL precedent for banning Deshaun Watson. That's uh, coming up later this hour. Outkick 360, final hour underway as we broadcast live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. We're glad you're with us. All of our great radio partners across the Outkick network. And if you're watching on the video stream, we say hello to you as well. You can join us in the chat room. I'm glad you brought up Old Smoky and Yeehaw Beer. Great facilities in Pigeon Forge, where I was this week. Talked about Dollywood and Gatlinburg earlier. They've got spots in Gatlinburg, but their location in the island in Pigeon Forge, for anyone who visits, which is most of America based on tourism numbers, who goes there, really cool location where you can grab a Yeehaw beer, you can buy some moonshine, and Old Smoky and Yeehaw are right next door to each other in the island. Really cool spots. Old Smoky Distillery, the most visited distillery in the world last year. Smoky Mountains National Park, the most visited park in the world also. It's got something to do with that. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Um, We discussed earlier in the show uh, Fitzpatrick winning the U.S. Open, the two shots in the final round. You had the 50-footer on 13 after previously bogeying the previous two holes, um, hitting the 50-foot putt, sinking that, and then the shot out of the fairway bunker on 18 will go down as one of the great shots. Getting it on the green, having the pressure of Zalatoris um, hitting the fairway on that tee shot, and then him going into the bunker to the left, and then nailing the green, which is something that he did throughout the, the tournament, especially the final round, 17 of 18 greens in regulation. He wins by, by just playing outstanding golf on the first two shots of each hole. And um, at 27 years old, he wins his first major, uh, but has always been around the pack. Matt Fitzpatrick has been there uh, around the top 10 contenders, uh, not just majors, but recent golf tournaments. And you've got Zalatoris, who is certainly there too. We, I think we all agreed in the first segment, like eventually he's around so much that he's got to knock down the door. But I think human nature starts to creep in and you start asking yourself, okay, Man, have how many opportunities have I let slip past, slip through the cracks based on one shot on a Friday that would have had me in a situation on a Sunday based on the way the tournament played out? Um, and the, the other young stars on the PGA Tour, they were shining bright over this entire tournament. And it was a fantastic weekend of golf for the USGA and the US Open. And well done by Brookline and the Country Club, everyone there in Massachusetts. The atmosphere was wonderful. The weather, we, we uh, were charmed by the weather because of the, the long-sleeve pullovers that everyone was wearing. Meanwhile, we're sweating it out here yep. in Nashville last week. It was awesome. Well, and if, so Fitzpatrick winning, you talked about Zalatoris. You know, when will he knock down the door eventually? Every time we see one of these guys under 30 win a major, I'll throw Colin Morikawa 
into this list also. And he's already won two, and he's 25 years old. So he's on a very good path right now. I think for the interest in the sport, we're always going to be interested in these majors, in these big tournaments. But to get to a point where a young guy has won enough to where you are always invested regardless of the tournament is the challenge. And we are reminded time and time again, Jordan Spieth, the great example, who went on a terrific run for about a year and a half and hasn't done a ton in terms of major wins since then or even being in contention. It's really hard. It's really hard to become one of those players on tour. It just is. And we might wait 15 more years till we get a true star that's winning a ton of majors. That's not Tiger Woods level necessarily, but on a path to win five, six, seven, eight times in the majors on tour, right? Colin Morikawa has two. He's 25. Fitzpatrick has one now at 27. Are we going to see the next player take the next step? Like you're saying, we may not. I mean, we get spoiled because we've had some and we've had the best, well, not the best, the second best in terms of major wins relatively recently. But um, who's to say that there's another one um, or another one anytime soon? I think that's part of why you watch because you, 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 you watch the next guy get one or two and you wonder, is this going to be the guy who takes off and does a bunch or not? But I don't have to have that in order to have the rooting interest, though I do think a guy like that captivates America, particularly if he's American. Um, because that's what turns you into a super superstar, and we don't have a super superstar. And if you don't have <clears throat> if you don't have one for a long time, uh, we've seen what happened to tennis. Um, but I, I don't think golf could reach that because an American's going to win a major at least every once in a while in golf. Well, here's the beauty of golf to, to me in this country and every country for that reason. Um, I don't give a damn about Tampa Bay or Colorado. Just don't. Never will. Don't care. Don't care about either market. Don't care about either franchise. Cannot get behind it. Don't care. Sue me if you love either one of those teams. Don't care. Also don't care. Every weekend on every Sunday, there's something to care about with one golfer that's on the leaderboard. You can pick something. You can find something. There's going to be a group of guys over the weekend that's going to be in contention unless you have this tournament where someone's 13 strokes ahead and you don't like them, you can pick someone to root for. But are you tuning in to whatever this weekend's tournament is? Well, no, but I'm saying on every major, or if you want to watch golf and you like the sport over the weekend, my dad's one of them. He'll watch every tournament. He's not a diehard fan of any one person, but he can find something on Saturday or Sunday he's into. He's like, I like the way this kid plays. I'd like to see this guy who's never won a major stay in contention. I'd like to see this guy who hasn't won on tour in seven years, you know, who's now in his late 30s win. Whatever it may be, there really is something for everyone you can attach yourself to because there's so many players. And at the leaderboard, for the most part, I mean, on Saturday, I'm looking at the leaderboard and I'm thinking, this is great. It's a revolving door of young superstars, well, possibly. In the sport, right? It's certainly the nature. You're never going to get a situation field. like I am with the NHL, where I just don't care about either franchise. Well, that's the nature of a field versus a team sport. I yeah. mean, if your team's not in the final four or the final two, you're not going to have an interest well, in it the point. way you it's, can. It's in a the field. nature of golf in general. I could not care about either tennis player 
at a Grand Slam final and not have much interest in it. But in golf, you got so many people and you're playing against the field that you can always pick something you're into. There was a great story, um, Joel Damon, who had a share of the lead after two days of this tournament, of the U.S. Open. Um, and his backstory uh, is remarkable because it was just a chance encounter with a financial benefactor. There's the only way that I know to describe this guy. Um, so he was... If not for this chance encounter, he wouldn't have been on tour. Um, probably, uh, but who knows what he ends up doing. But he, there's no way he ends up where he was over the weekend. Um, so Damon's 34 years old. If you rewind to his college days at Washington, he's from uh, a small town in Washington. He flunked out of college in 2006 at the University of Washington. And a year later... He ends up at the, the Washington State Amateur, and he is paired with this kid named Nick Taylor, who played at the college, at the university, and had recently qualified for the PGA Tour. So he's paired with him, and um, Nick Taylor brings along this, uh, this guy named Brad. Well, Brad's father is this guy who owns Ross Aviation, who recently sold his business and was tailing, uh, tagging along that weekend with them. And uh, long story short, he ends up hitting it off with the, the father, who then says, hey, I'm going to sponsor you. I'm going to give you, I'm going to wire you $15,000 to pay for whatever it takes for you to work your way into one of the lower-level tours. So he ends up on the Canadian tour off of this, and it was all based on just him getting paired up and this guy seeing how well he played and then following along. Well, um, a year or two pass, uh, passes by, and he ha he's on this tour. He's not making any money. He has no health insurance. And he goes to the doctor, and he has testicular, testicular cancer. And he calls this guy up, and this guy writes him a blank check uh, for the hospital to accept him into... Uh, whatever treatment was necessary, Jeez. and um, it, he just he he ends up on tour because of this guy. But not only that, he's one of the most self-deprecating guys on the entire tour. He was at the memorial earlier this year and didn't know if he was going to even attempt to uh, get onto the U.S. Open field. He didn't know if he qualified. And, and the, the the quote was like, "If I qualify, I'm just signing. I'm basically signing up to get my ass kicked." Um, based on the way he was playing. And then he goes out and shoots 67, 68 in back-to-back -back days at Brookline at the country club and nearly became the storyline of the country uh, if he continues that strong play. He dropped off. He was featured in some of their coverage yesterday. But the back-channeling of just the circumstances involved for him just to get to that stage at 34 is remarkable. Um, and though... And, you know, there are several guys along the path of the PGA Tour um, who would have a similar storyline. It's hard to find a league or a tour where the bottom group of professionals on tour are losing money. And a lot of these guys end up over a weekend trying to break even if they don't make the cut line based on travel and coaching and everything else that goes into this. And see this story you just told, Hutton, with Damon? It's the kind of thing you're talking about. Exactly what I'm talking about. I hear that, and I, I see things like this. I'm thinking, okay, I'm rooting for this guy now. 
And then if he drops out of contention, well, who's at the top of the leaderboard now? These three or four guys. All right, I like this guy best out of that. That's Look, I mean, golf is not for everyone on television. I get it. If, if you want something more fast-paced, may not be your cup of tea. But from a rooting interest standpoint, this is what I like about the sport, is that you can pick someone and not necessarily be emotionally invested in the outcome, but yet have some sort of stake in what happens. And that's a great illustration of that. I'd like more better guys in the field week to week would be what I want. I, I flip by on a Sunday too many times and don't see a guy on the leaderboard that I know at all, and I don't want to dedicate the time to waiting for that story to invest in. Well, somebody. I mean, the, the, the ratings are driven by the stars. Um, the Canadian Open had great numbers yeah, on the good. final round because Roy McElroy is playing, and it's trending on Twitter and social media. And you're flipping past and you're stopping because Rory's on the screen every Absolutely. other shot. Um, not because Joel Damon is on the screen. Um, I, I knew so little about him. I called him Domin last week. Um, I did too. So, I, I mean, the same like, thing. so the uh, point being, like, it's still star driven. But if you can pair one of these young guys with a star coverage right. over a weekend, then you've made a star. And th- that, that an was my whole thing about the NBA this postseason. Um, you can create younger stars based on uh, matchups with, you know, the the teams that we expect to advance, and even in those series, like against the Warriors, we didn't see v- very much of of John ja Morant. He got hurt towards the end of the series, but during the series, the games were such blowouts that you didn't even mind stopping to watch. The, those are small instances, but again, it, it takes the star power to in order to get the coverage needed to build the next guy. And this, this week they had that because Rory's right there uh, and they had enough. Uh, Zalatoris has been there at the top of the leaderboard enough along with the fact that it's a major um, where they, they did a lot of good to help themselves by Fitzpatrick and others being in contention and then winning the, winning the thing at the end. So we had Dan Henninger on earlier from Wall Street Journal and, and he talked about this thing with sports where if media is not talking about it, it doesn't matter. Right? So... Live Tour, he wrote about it. He's not always writing about sports, but he writes about it because it's inescapable. Everyone's talking about the Live Tour and these players leaving the PGA to go play on the Live Tour. So it's top of mind because media is talking about it. And it just got me thinking we had the topic about why are we not talking more about Brady and Peyton in this report? Well, it's because people, they're not talking about it for for whatever reason, just the interest level and the control that media who cover something, especially in sports, can have over what's popular to everyone. You know, what's popular to us might not be what's popular to our audience, right? So we're going to do the best we can at talking about what's popular nationally and what's popular to our audience. But let's not fool ourselves into thinking that we're talking about what's popular nationally unless it's a topic like what Hutton brought up with why are we not talking more about this nationally based on what people are talking about nationally and then telling that to our audience and discussing it. The whole cycle to me is interesting about what we choose to really dive into and talk a lot about, one of which we're going to get into in the next segment that everyone's talking about and rightfully so, but other things we just choose to, in a vicious news cycle, Read the headline, see it, and move on. Well, that never really gets discussed. It's also, I'm not talking about us, but nationally and even regionally, 
we can't handle more than one story at a time. It's really crazy. And I'll go back to when we had the major, major 100-year flood in Nashville. And it wasn't a national story because there was a car bomb uh, that, that was diffused in Times Square in New York. And it took three days for, uh, for like, Anderson Cooper came to Nashville three days after the flood. And, he, and while he was covering, he said, I should have been here sooner. But the reason nobody was here sooner is because there was a car bomb in, well, in New York. Yeah, but but in the world of sports, uh, especially with the the shows and, and what rates well now, it's not like you can't work in another topic. All these no, debate know, shows, but- it's not like you debate one thing and can't move on to mention another story. They just choose to talk about the yeah. NBA every day on the ESPN. Well, here's a great example yeah. of that also. Well, the top story gets all the oxygen. Brian Flores was a huge story. In the NFL. That went away pretty quickly. I mean, how are we talking about what the NFL is going to decide with that? What's going on well, with that lawsuit? It's very similar well, to Watson. What happens the is, Watson storyline went away and now after the trade deadline Now last it's year. back with the HBO. The women were talking on HBO and right. some other things going on. But it can just dip and dive here and there yeah. where it goes away and comes back. And the next thing happens. You know, I, I can't remember what happened the same day Russell Wilson got traded. But Russell Wilson got, in, got traded, I think. Oh, Aaron uh, Rodgers signed his contract. Aaron Rodgers said he was back, and then Russell Wilson got traded right after because that dictated the trade market. Yeah, but the Russell Wilson thing was – we couldn't even talk about him in tandem. Russell Wilson being traded was the story. It's just amazing how there's not enough oxygen to spread things around. And the debate show thing you point out is one of the reasons. Somehow you've got to create the Russell Wilson debate and argue about that for an hour, and you can't – pause to even have a, a, a create a five-minute debate about the well, Aaron Rodgers. But this is right up their alley. And they, they can they can praise Brady and Peyton and rip NFL ownership all they want to. They could do the reverse on the other side of the, of the table. Um, there are multiple sides where you need more than two hosts to take every side and opinion on this. But yet it hasn't been discussed because it's not going to happen. I think that's the other thing, too, is – once it's caught, uh, it's Brady's a story back. about something that's Arians not is not, and Sean Payton is uh, a year removed or a year away from the game and will be back next year. At least that's the sentiment. And meanwhile, you've got Tua in Miami with Mike McDaniel instead of Brady and Sean Payton. That's fascinating to me how things worked out this offseason. Well, if those guys stink, it'll, it'll resurface again as a. Uh... Whoa, what if that had happened? Coming up, we will get into um, the NFL and the decision that the independent investigation will soon uh, conclude, and it's on the table with the league, uh, and the suspension that is coming for Deshaun Watson. How many games, and what is the precedent that the NFL has set in years past for what we could expect for Deshaun Watson? What would be, quote-unquote, unprecedented as the Pro Football Talk report had last week. We discussed that and more with this story next on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. 
Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. A look at NFL suspensions over the last 15 years or so, from sexual battery to money laundering to misconduct in general, they have levied suspensions, and CBS did a long list of all of these suspensions dating back over the last 15 seasons. It's very difficult to find anything even half as similar as what Watson and the accusations uh, state through, through this, uh, the, the civil course and the proceedings that are taking place. But I'll run through a, a handful of them because I, I think the sentiment now has turned from, and you guys let me know if you agree. I don't want to speak for both of you, but the sentiment from my the way I hear things, most people covering this have gone from what they expected to be around a six-game suspension that would be reduced to four upon appeal. Uh, and I'm not arguing one way or the other. I'm just basing it off of what we were hearing to now full season. And it's not, nothing's been determined in between that first line of thinking and now except for public opinion is now at the forefront of whatever decision is going to be made and the league in essence is well if you're if the grand juries aren't going to move forward with criminal charges well here's the nfl that's going to somehow lay down some type of league justice well more more suits also have have dripped and drabbed out well more suits but Nothing settled, nothing zero settlements, zero no conclusions in the suits, right? Nothing. Um, and that's that's what I'm getting at here is there there have no, but been but I think in more suits comes the threat or the not the threat, but the idea in their head that it's not going to end and that more threats more suits could drop the moment they come out with their suspicion. Well, Hudden, I, I want you to go into the precedent and things we've seen in the past and how it could dictate the future. I'll say this for if the NFL wanted to stay consistent with what they've done throughout this process, then they would do nothing until either one of these cases or all of them are settled or there's some sort of prosecution criminally. They just completely stay out of it because that's what they've done so far. I'm not saying that's right or wrong what they've done, but that's been their stance. There is a, there's a we are believing him until proven guilty by either him admitting guilt through a settlement and or some sort of prosecution. Because what has happened since then that would change their stance on that? No, nothing. Given they've done nothing legally, so far. Nothing legally or in the civil courts at all. Nothing's been settled. And we know nothing's going to be settled at the, when I say settled, I'm saying from the court's perspective, nothing's going to be settled from 
uh, any type of ruling until next year based on what Tony Busby is saying the timeline is. But on the other side of that, they also haven't had anybody facing this many civil suits. Well, I think you got some info on precedent yeah. with, with some well, other cases. Not much. not much for the civil suits itself, uh, but it, the charges. Um, and again, this is all based on the league's personal conduct policy, which it, it's, Paul, it's not as vague as what it was in the old CBA, but still fairly vague. Yeah. Um, so I'll just go in reverse order here. In the most recent suspension last season was with running back Darius Geis. Um, who was with Washington. He was suspended six games for assault and battery. Charges were dropped, suspended six games. Antonio Brown in 2020 for burglary and battery charges. He was suspended eight games of that season. Kareem Hunt, eight games for an assault incident with no charges. This was 2019. Uh, There were a couple of others. Richie Incognito with the Raiders was suspended for disorderly conduct for two games. Uh, Michael Kendricks with the Seahawks insider trading. He was suspended eight games there. Um, And the key with all this are either no charges or charges that were pending at the time. Jameis Winston, no charges, alleged sexual assault, three games for the Bucs in 2018. Um, Dante Fowler with the Jaguars suspended one game for simple battery. Um, there, there's a, a list of other players here uh, going back to, I mean, Pac-Man's on this a few times. Pac-Man Jones in 2017. His most recent suspension was 2017. One game for assault where those charges were reduced uh, whenever he was with Cincinnati. Was he's, that the spit? Spit, I think. He's, of course, um, retired now. But the, yeah, that was the, the spit Spitting incident. One the of rail. them. Yeah. Yes, the rail. That's right. Uh, Sheldon Richardson with the Jets, a speeding charge, uh, one game for Sheldon Richardson. So, I mean, th- there's no, so no full charges. season and there's nothing more than eight games. Right. But I, I think, I mean, I, I would say if guys have been suspended for one incident where there was no charge or one incident where charges were dropped, Darius Geis was dropped. Uh, Darius guys, charges were dropped. So that's no charge, effectively. And he was suspended. What? Well, he was he was he was suspended before the charges were dropped. That's my point. Like right. the, the the NFL acted before the legal process finished. Finished. I mean, I don't think it's outrageous in lieu of that to say here are twenty four unsettled civil cases with the potential for more for them to be considering a significant suspension. I don't know what the right number is on that, but if the precedent is that they've suspended people for no charges or dropped charges, I don't think it's completely out of line with that to be considering a significant suspension for somebody with 24 civil cases unresolved. I don't disagree with that. I just wish they you know, came out with this last year because all this existed last year. We just didn't pick these charges out and suspensions out of thin air. And they chose to sit back and do absolutely nothing. Well, what they clearly just paid $10 million last year to do nothing. Hoped is that that grand jury came back with something more definitive. In this case, it would have been going forward with criminal charges Mm -hmm. 
then they would have had real hard sub- substantive stuff to go forward but with. But if then, you waited, if you waited for that, and two grand juries did not press charges, what grounds are you now going to come back and suspend them on? Well, there's still stuff. It's not as conduct big detrimental stuff. to the league or whatever they're going to point to personal. But conduct why policy. did you not like again? It just does not meet up with a standard because I could have done that after seventeen women accused him of that conduct detrimental. You're done for the season with the Texans. Boom, no pay. Punish him. Instead, you wait, you wait, you wait, you wait. So that's why I keep going back to in in the, if we're trying to go with consistency here in this case. Nothing is happening until he pays one or all these women money and or gets charged with something. If not, I would totally understand Deshaun Watson's camp coming back and say, wait a minute. We said we're innocent of a crime with this, right? No one has even charged us with a crime yet. Two grand juries have done this. You waited it out this long. You were willing to hear my case, hear what I had to say, and you're going to come back this much later with nothing else happening? And it's suspend a, me? I mean, again, I'm not saying he's got some you know point of power to argue with the league if they do suspend him. And I'm not saying what's right or wrong in this case. I think he's going to get suspended. But the NFL has shot them, to me, in the court of what is fair or consistent, has shot themselves in the foot repeatedly by not acting. Because there's been plenty of instances where they've acted with far less info. And for whatever reason, they haven't acted. So if you're not going to act now, then you need to give me a reason you're acting later. Well, and they've yet, I don't see anything different in this case. The only thing they'll have is the independent investigator coming back and and recommending a suspension. That's the only difference they're going to have. But my my take, Paul, is the report last week that the NFL was going, if given the opportunity, lobby on behalf of the league for a full season. I'm thinking, why now? Like, what what has changed? Other, you mentioned the, the criminal charges, which uh, he was not indicted by two grand juries for that to go to in front of a trial uh, in two different counties in Texas. It, if not then, when? And I, I, don't, I don't understand the timeline of acting on this, given the fact that of everything that has been allowed to happen to this point, the fully guaranteed money, the fact that he was a member of the Texans' active roster last year, um, that the commissioner didn't want to put him on the list. He was either going to suspend him or not. That's what he said. Um, and the fact that we know that he would have been traded to Miami had he settled other cases here. The whole thing is confusing, and the timeline of which they're wanting or willing to act is also very confusing. Yeah, I don't understand the timeline either. I mean, the timeline is... They don't have a deadline so they can uh, continue to do whatever they're doing. They can wait to see if there's a new development. They can forestall the public criticism they're going to get no matter what they do. Right. Um, All all of those things. But there's no real clock that uh, the clock is the first game. And And then, you know, I don't know what the voidable language is in a contract like his, but there. I mean, for for them to hand out the contract that they did, they. I'm speaking of the Browns. Yeah, that's on the Browns. They had. I mean, it's on the Browns, but they had to have some. I mean, they're basing that off of two grand juries, just like a number of other teams picked up the phone and called 
inquiring about this. Yeah, I think the voidable stuff, if I remember correctly, when the thing came out was if he does something new. New on top of whatever is. But the old stuff he's in in the clear for. It it truly blows my mind uh, when you compare this case to Trevor Bauer in Major League Baseball. Because a lot of writers that I've read keep coming back to, John McClain has said this with us, if Trevor Bauer got two years for an allegation, um, then the NFL is not going to be left looking like they're, they're lighter on this type of crime than Major League Baseball. So he's going to get at least a year, or he's going to get at least this many games, right? In the Trevor Bauer case, Los Angeles County would not press charges based on the evidence they had with a sexual assault allegation from a woman in San Diego to Trevor Bauer. Major League Baseball conducted a separate investigation on their own, and they found Trevor Bauer guilty of enough, while not criminal in that case, to suspend him for two seasons, 324 games, suspension. Meanwhile, the NFL conducts an investigation based off of 24 women, alleging some, not one, 24 women, and they have nothing. As of now, they've done nothing. And I think... I do not understand... And they've only talked to 11 of them. What is going on? Now, with the, the Trevor Bauer thing, I would love to know what Major League Baseball found in their investigation. The authorities could not. And what they know about Trevor Bauer to give him two years when Los Angeles County did nothing to him, wouldn't even press charges. But this whole thing is just very, very odd and inconsistent with me, which leads me to say the only thing consistent... The NFL could do at this point is not do anything until either Watson folds folds up camp and pays these women a settlement and or he gets charged with a crime. Well, he's going to have no incentive to fold up camp and settle with these women if they do nothing. So the league would be Oh, but I think letting, but, and Paul, and I'm not, not I'm not anything. diminishing, you know, that there's four or five more women that have added on to this suit. I'm not trying to I'm just Looking at it from the league's perspective, oh, so 18 women weren't enough? It took to get, well, there's been more. Okay, 22, no, 23. Oh, now that there's 24, we're going to do something. It's all the same allegations. They had all this information based on the consistent reports and claims of all of these women. They're all very consistent. Nothing that new has come out other than more women are accusing them, right? They could have done something throughout this. Based on that, and I, I, then why I, haven't they? When you weren't here Friday, I think I said this. I feel almost certain when the punishment comes out and the league feels like, okay, we got this behind us, the next day Busby will come forward with more accusations. Well, that goes against his, his timeline of how he's gone about but again, things. So this he's, is- he's been presenting everything in advance of the independent investigation coming to a close, not reverse. What's the date on the independent investigation just, coming to a close? It just said they, they just said that they're wrapping things up. They've they've talked with eleven of the twenty four plaintiffs. Um, they're they're done. the The NFL is done with its portion of the interviews. Um, now they're it is assumed they are waiting on the final report of recommend recommended suspension back to them. Okay. Well, I still wouldn't be surprised if something new through Busby or not comes out afterward because somebody who had an interaction with him will be upset over the penalty. Well, then you don't do anything. You don't say, Oh, it's, you know, four games and then 
something awful happens if you're in fear of that, of Busby coming out with more. But you can't. But then you also risk going into a season where, where he's out there playing and everyone knows about these but allegations because you haven't acted which yet. Which they were willing, they're, they're I mean, they were they're going to do. Play. They did last year. They were going to do. And, well, and we knew he wasn't playing. What, what you can't do is say, oh, we're going to come up with a suspension and we're going to tack on things in case someone comes forward. You can't, like, presume anything. That is completely unfair to the system and the investigation they've spent money on uh, coming to light here. Um, it's like presuming uh, we can't, sus- we can't ex- extend a player because he may get hurt. You can't predict that. You have to go based on the judgment and the best judgment of what you have in front of you. At the time. Uh, so the that. so the idea that Busby's holding back these play, I mean that plays into Watson's case more than it is one versus one. If in fact he's doing that, if he's holding things back, waiting on the league to announce something, because then he is grabbing headlines more than he is going to bat for the plaintiffs in this case. So I, it doesn't serve him well to to do that or to play that card. Uh, what is what is well played is the timing of the HBO sit down. Um, which is re- recounting what were what was in those depositions with those who were willing to come forward publicly um, instead of privately behind the court system, and um, and air that to the larger general audience for reaction a we month prior to the the investigation coming to a close. It just feels like because the NFL's done nothing, anything they do now is going to be a surprise to me. They could come out and say six games, and I'd be shocked. They come out and say a season, I'll be shocked. Oh, I think they could should. do nothing, and I'd be shocked if they get to the season and they've done nothing yet. You shouldn't be surprised. The general tone out there is he's getting a year. But where does that general tone come from? Yeah, where is that coming from? Because that is t- well, it's that, coming from them. That has flipped within the last month. Um, and if it's coming from them, I'd like to know why all of a sudden the sentiment has changed um, after the fully guaranteed contract suspended him for a season where the maximum fine will be a little over a million dollars. That's laughable. Um, well, they can't do anything about the money. But That's on the Paul, ground. my point is they the league itself allowed it to get to this point. They allowed the Browns to be the Browns. Meanwhile, a dozen or so other owners were complicit in the fact that they were allowing their teams to call on the team's behalf to see what the asking price was for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, they, like we said with the, the whole NBA stopping the trade of Chris Paul, they could have stopped it. Well, I, they I could have disallowed all of this to happen. Disallowed the contract. But I to say, they well, they can't control the, the Browns, they, they controlled all of this last year. And they let the Texans sit there with a guy on their active roster that they weren't going to play. And that helped the league get to the point where we are now, where he was – off in the shadows, as we've well discussed, not not doing anything, not speaking to the media, nothing was moving forward in this. Um, and then the trade deadline came and went, and they had an extra five months or so. Uh, and now all of a sudden it's gone from, well, we're going to wait for this whole thing to play out to we're now going to do our own private investigation. That's coming to a close right around the time for a news dump. Uh, in the middle of the right at the beginning of the summer, and here we are saying, "Well, he's got his guaranteed money. All of this has happened. The trade has gone through, and we're left going. What? What changed? Because the same people that are reporting, or not reporting, they're saying, they're, in their opinion, they'd say it's a year. Um, we're the same that we're expecting around six games. 
literally months ago. And not much has changed in regards to the details of this. Um, except for the report that was last week. Mark Maskey's report. Uh, Mark Maskey from the Washington Post had that they're, they're expecting to, to push for it. His was separate. But, but His that's, was my, that's my biggest take is Mark Ma- I'm not ripping on Mark Maskey for the, in the report that it was different. What's different is the league is now going to lobby for this instead of the league handing down a suspension months ago uh, prior to wanting to do their own investigation independently. Yeah, I don't think they should be lobbying this independent well, they're, or somewhat They have to be granted world. access to do it. It's not like they can just go to her. Yeah, right. Well, they shouldn't be granted access. Um, and, and hopefully they won't. But, you know, if, if the suspension, either way, he can add to the suspension, can he not, as the commissioner of the league? Goodell can adjust the suspension. So, if they, so if they want it to be a full year, he can make it a full year. Without, But what they want is the independent investigation to recommend it so that they're reacting to the recommendation, not conducting their own conclusion and tacking things on. But then the appeal goes before Goodell, too. So what difference does it make? Um, in the court of public opinion, I guess it makes a lot because they, that's what this has turned into um, instead of just waiting. What if you wait and nothing... This plays out in the court system for two years, three years. I mean, how long do we wait, though? You know, I think that's what they're thinking. How but, long can you wait? I mean, they waited already too long. Yes. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360 if you'd like to chime in. Uh, coming up, we'll tell you uh, what is on tap for tonight's sports landscape. Get you set for a fun show tomorrow. Hit some headlines as well on the way out on Outkick 360. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Going back to a previous discussion about golf, there are certain um, aspects of watching it that I take for granted, at least how good these guys are. And then, you know, there are other things I'll see on social media and think, man, to have half of a swing as this guy off the tee. Arch Manning, number one recruit in the country, is like this. Effortless swing. He had this video of him at Top Golf. And uh, Cooper, his, his dad, was like, yeah, he doesn't even play golf. I wish he played golf more growing up because we would be on the course quite a bit. And, you know, I would love for him to take that up too. And he's like, he really has, doesn't play. Um, are just all really athletic football players, uh, uh, baseball pitchers. I'm trying to think of the uh, quarterbacks, not players. Quarterbacks, pitchers. Are they all good at golf? Does that just come with the territory? Kickers are really good at golf? A lot, a lot. It's how I know I'm not truly, truly a great athlete is how I swing a golf club. Like Because everyone I know who can just pick up anything and play it automatically looks so much better swinging a golf club. And I grew up playing baseball, and maybe the baseball swing is part of it, but just can't do it. But Hutton, you're on to something. I watch guys, I watch these quarterbacks play golf even. It just looks 
Now, a lot of them have worked on it, you know, for years. We don't know what they look like uh, initially, so <laughs> like Arch Manning, but it just it's just a different animal comes when you naturally. see these guys. This stuff just comes naturally to them. Athletic stuff and stuff that requires, like, timing and sync, it just comes As long as you naturally. don't swing a bat prior to picking up a club, I think you have a better shot at this. Um, I think that's why you don't see many first basemen as, or, you know, the slug DHs aren't playing golf all that much. Um, at least I don't think uh, Pete Alonzo is playing a lot of rounds of golf. But I but, see Pete Alonzo with more of a happy Gilmore type swing with yeah. a big approach and just knocking the crap but out man, of the they, ball. Yeah, but just some of it, if you go, outkick.com has, has the uh, video from, uh, uh, it was from this morning. It's up and available of where Arch. you can log on and see Arch Manning at Top Golf. And it just, again, it's very effortless and easy. Um, Paul, earlier we asked this question. Davey got us this, and I'm just now resurfacing the, the topic. We asked, world's longest monopoly game, Guinness World Records. Um, according to monopolyland.com, the longest, what would you guys say? How many days? It's, oh. not, it's not as long as I would have guessed. I was going to say like 14 hours. Now I'll say. Three days? Yeah. Four and a half days. Okay. So you guys are way low. I, I was thinking like, there's got to be some idiot that did this for like three months straight. There's not. Well, they take sleep But it's breaks. close. Uh, I guess uh, seventy days. Yeah, you have to you have to sleep at some point. longest Monopoly game one thousand six hundred eighty hours or over seventy straight days. I'm getting Monopoly off game. easier than I thought. I think the official start of summer is sometime this week, Paul. Maybe today. I think that you and Simon should get started on this and break a Guinness Tomorrow. World Record. Not interested. <laughs> Summer's here. <laughs> Records were meant to be broken. You know what? Well, this summer we're going to set this. a new record. What's that, son? Monopoly. I Longest think I Monopoly had a, game a ever. world record in that um, I spent really the majority of the game in jail. Um, I, I was in jail constantly. I wasn't passing go. I also wasn't passing the ho- uh, houses that he had on Boardwalk and Park Place. Um, and I never rolled my way out of jail. I never paid my way out of jail. But every time I got to my fourth turn, I then rolled doubles when I was out of jail anyway. Well, get working on this longest game ever. Get out of jail. You know, it was really long for the Guinness World Record keeper who had to sit there and validate this as the world's longest game. And I'm sure it soon ended after they set the record. That's my prediction. Hey, back at it tomorrow. John McClain will join us and much more. Glad you're a part of the OutKick Network for OutKick 360. Don't block the box. Do lock your locks.